Hello again, this is Josh with Talking Smack, talking superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. And uh, we have a special time capsule episode here for you this week because uh, I'm going to be out of town the week we're supposed to be recording this. And Lewis and I, Lewis, hello, hello people of the interwebs. Uh, we are recording this uh, a couple weeks ahead of time, so we're going to skip the news. But Lewis has a very fun toy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I resent that. Um, but uh, no, I mean, uh, I guess if you want to keep it that way, it, it looks like one. Um, that's a whole nother rant for another nerd nerd moment for me. The SNES Mini or the SNES Mini or the Super Nintendo Entertainment System you. Mini. Hey, hey. Well, I don't care. <laughs> it's the SNES Mini Whatevs. or the Super Nintendo. Whatevs. But in any case, I was able to get my hands on one, uh, on two actually. Um, not for reselling purposes, but uh, for for uh, because modding. you're a good person. No, for modding. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, for 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 modding. Uh, we got to keep one as stock as possible, and the other one just so we so we have something as close. And by we, I mean my wife and I, because we're both big ner- nerds. Uh, to have something available to be able to play all the. The, the bunch of Super Nintendo libraries that one that we own and two that we would like to own um, uh, just to be able to play with an actual Super Nintendo controller. Um, so, yeah. Pirating is bad. Don't do what I just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question about the uh, SNES Mini is the the controller obviously is legitimate it's SNES an exact, size. It's, it's an a, exact replica. Um, and it can plug into the base of the Wii remote, the Wii motion yeah, controller, it's, it's so you can, s- you can actually be away from the unit. But no. Oh no! You can use it for no. the Wii or the Wii. Well, U. the yeah. It, what it, the, the the controller? Do you have an NES Mini or no? No. Okay, because it's the same concept. Um, so essentially, the the controller port is uh, the same port you find on the bottom of a Wii remote. Uh, I guess technically you can put that into your Wii remote and use it for like the classic Virtual Console stuff. I can't say I've ever read into it. I don't see why not. That's, um, that's actually something I want to look into because I have uh, Donkey Kong Country and Super Mario Kart on my Wii U. So that's that's one of the things that gotcha. I want is I want gotcha. to have that controller for that so I can have that, that retro yeah. feel. And plus, I'm better at Super Mario Kart with the uh, SNES <laughs> controller. I, I, I don't have any VC on my Wii U. I do have uh, plenty on my Wii. That's a, that's a test for me, I guess, at that point. I heard there are tests for that. <laughs> But in any case, uh, no, it's an exact replica of the controller. Uh, Nintendo just went deep into their, I guess, I don't know, their molds, their their paperwork, and just completely replicated it. The only difference is the, the obviously the connector port. Uh, the Super Nintendo is an exact replica of the U.S. Super Super Nintendo. So you got the, the the purple the purple clicking power and reset buttons. The eject button is just a solid thing, so you can't actually depress into it, which kind of made me tear up a little bit. The power lights in the same position. Uh, the only thing that's missing on the back, obviously, your connector ports. It's a it's a mini USB cable for the um, for power, and then an ACMI cable, and then the the cool thing too, the controller ports. So the NES Mini had the two. We remote controller port thingy on the front. You can tell distinctly what it was. It wasn't the, the old school Nintendo ports. For the SNES, what they did is actually still stylize the front ports like it were an actual Super Nintendo uh, thing. But and there's like a little clicks, hidden door. Yeah, it clicks open and then there's your port. So I thought that was kind of neat. It kind of keeps the, the, the residual... The aesthetic. The aesthetics, yeah, thank you. So otherwise, the, the thing's amazing, man. Um, it's got... Uh, 
I don't remember the count of the games, but I think it's like twenty eight or 30, something like something there. like that. It's it's in a bunch of good games. There's almost nothing I can complain about, with uh, a couple exceptions. But that's again just my my nerdism coming in and being all like, ah, I'm right, you're wrong. The it's got three different modes for the screen, so you can have uh, you can have a scanline uh, mode. You can play it in four by three mode. Uh, and you, or you can do pixel perfect mode. So it, with HDMI and high definition graphics, it'll, it'll high definition graphics. Jesus Christ, high definition resolution. Uh, but it'll make sure that the pixel still you know come out right and doesn't look too crazy out of whack with the stretching or anything like that. You put borders around it in four by three mode, which whatever I don't care. And it's got uh, multiple different things. So you you have a safe safe state. So anybody out there that's ever played with emulators on their PCs, like ZSNES or anything like that, uh, you know, oh man, you just, you're about to hit up a big boss and this game doesn't have save features, so save to the hard drive, continue, oh, I died, reload and start right back to where it was. It's got that, plus it's got a rewind feature, I think up to like 16, 20 seconds, you can reset, uh, hit down an X and you can rewind and start immediately where you before your screw up, essentially. So you can cheat the system, <laughs> built in. Otherwise, yeah, no, I'm I'm loving that. You should get one. <laughs> I, I want one. I don't necessarily have the eighty bucks to. I don't necessarily have the eighty dollars to spend right now, but it is something that I would love to have personally. The the list of games, I think there's maybe eight to ten games that I really really would love to play, but I could also buy those on the virtual console and buy a controller that can adapt to the Wii U for less right because if if they had the full donkey kong country trilogy personally for me mm. i i probably would end up buying it but again i could just as easily go and get that another game that i i really wish was on there but i understand why it's not as zombies ate my neighbor that's because it's a <laughs> lucas arts uh lucas arts film lucas arts game and lucas arts obviously no longer exists right so well technically they do they're under a different banner with under disney they're still producing things under yeah. lucas arts so technically not that I don't think they'd ever go back and do anything with their uh, with their um, library of games, like f even way back to the PC, like the Indiana Jones games, for example. But um, they still do Monkey Island for some reason. That's true, though. That's true. So that means they do have access to it. Is whether or not they want to give the green light to whoever's looking for the license or not. But at the same time, though, don't hold yourself up too much with the Wii U on the Virtual Console. Uh, if you're not aware, the the original Wii, that whole shop is closed down. Probably expect that soon with the Wii U. I'd be surprised if it's not already, honestly. Uh, they're shutting down the Miiverse. That's fine. The Miiverse is week. absolutely pointless. <laughs> what to you? But if they're shutting down the Miiverse, I can only really imagine what they're going to do with the, with the VC stuff soon. So. Stop making me sad. And right, my well, wallet's sad. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> eBay? <laughs> God, no. Uh, See if you can snag yourself one for 20 but I can't finish that sentence. That's that's That's, that's not how it works anymore. <laughs> you tell me about it. Oh, man. If, if you ever can, uh, they're going to be distributing these out till. In, enough stock until December, they say. Which we don't know what this, enough stock December. to Nintendo is. To be fair, uh, and this is this is me v being very generous to Nintendo because as much as I love them, I've, I'm also very hard on them because they 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 produce great product, great games, great hardware, software. But good God, they're a terrible marketing company, and they're they're terrible at just keeping up with with trends and uh, they're Nintendo. They stuff. set the they're trends. Nintendo. Yeah, well, they're Nintendo. They set the trends, I guess, but. Uh, the NES Mini, there was actual huge shortages. Like, you know, you go to GameStop, how much do you guys have? Three. You go to Best Buy, how much do you guys have? Six. Target, nine. You know, nobody had any of these around. Um, but initial reports saying that, like, GameStop would have actual in the double digits. Uh, I think they really focused their efforts with Best Buy and Target. Uh, if I remember right, uh, a lot of Best Buy's reporting, well, not, not Best, Buy, Best Buy's themselves, but those who worked with Best Buy, and you go to Reddit, and they're kind of talking about it. 
a lot of people in the in the three digits uh, that was stocking like Best Buys and Targets, uh, wow. and so on and so forth. So so far so good, but the band is still so damn high that they, they still can't keep up with stocks. So I'll give a tip of the hat to Nintendo this time for actually kind of sticking to what they promised. But it's still it's a Nintendo classic, demands. man. People, the masses want it. So hey, there you go. Speaking of the masses, the masses want to know how is Star Fox Two. <laughs> That was really good. Uh, for those of you that never get your hands on it, um, sorry. I'm sure you can YouTube a Let's Play by this point. I was thoroughly impressed with it, uh, even though it's like over 20, 21 years later when the game was slated to release in 96. Um, so quick backstory for anybody who doesn't know. Star Fox 2 was slated to release in 96, which preceded Star Fox 64 within a, in about like two years later, if I remember right. I think Star Fox 64 released in 98. 97 so essentially super nintendo dying console to pass the baton over to the n64 nintendo was like eh, why compete against ourselves we don't want to kind of saturate the the star fox market i don't know you know you know what i'm saying though people buy the the current one and they're not really ready to to, to buy that new one that just came out so they just axed it but now being able to actually play it i'm i'm impressed man with what they had planned for back then they used a new version of the fx chip so the fx2 fx chip fx2 chip some of the quote-unquote cutscenes as best you can call it a cutscene at the time runs at 60 frames insane i mean granted we're still we're still talking low polygon counts like in the hundreds which is laughable today uh but back then it was insane especially for a 16-bit a 16-bit console uh housing a 32 meg cartridge with an fx2 chip that utilized 3d polygons and able to and with the fx2 chip able to also manipulate 3d polygons with uh with actual textures on it so spoiler alert Andros at the end, you, you know, you, you're fighting that face again, like because they ran out of ideas. And then Andros's face all of a sudden comes out in a cube, and his face is slammed on it, just like uh, uh, I, I think Star Fox sixty four ended that way, or maybe that was Star Fox Adventures. I don't remember. It's my my memories are starting to melt. Uh, it was it, impressive as hell. Um, uh, one of the first games to actually do complete three D rotation of the, uh, in a free world, which again insane that they were thinking about that that soon. The game actually introduced uh, the walker, so you can uh, you can imagine how how far along those ideas are. Cause you saw, you didn't see the walker until like Star Fox on the GameCube, uh, Star Fox Assault, I think is what it was called. When you get to you get to walk enclosures and everything, you can transform from the walker to the R wing, and then all of a sudden things start popping in, and your frame rate drops to like nine frames per second. But it's still impressive as hell though. Like back then, I don't think anybody would complain at that fact. They also had two extra characters they introduced. Uh, instead of having all four of the R-Wing fighters with you, it was you and a buddy. And you could choose your wingman. You can choose who you were to. So if you want to play as Falco and have Fox as your wingman, you could. Uh, though, to be honest, what I saw um, didn't make a difference. And everyone just said, fuck Slippy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know why I was out there, honestly. You got to have someone to be the nag. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Peppy. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's Slippy is the, the, the toad. Yeah, it? that's right. Save me. Someone save me. <laughs> But no, um, and then the gameplay was something different. Um, are you? Do you know what? Um, do you know I know what, everything. Uh, do you know what a roguelite is? No. Ha ha. <laughs> Ro- a roguelike. So if you ever played um, uh, Binding of Isaac, for example, um, it. <laughs> God damn it! This game comes up again. <laughs> Man, you talked about this game at length uh, when we did our, our Desert Island video games, and I think I had a nightmare that night, <laughs> dreaming about what is this game about a child escaping its mother? <laughs> it's a very very warped game from the minds of like tom fulp and stuff yes uh, the game essentially is is never the same no two rooms are ever the same in the same order that you find no items are ever in the same room the same order you find every time you you 
you turn that game on every time it's something new i would say it's roguelite light so with star fox instead of choosing your three paths like the original star fox uh you have a map and andros is starting to, is, is back he's attacking corneria he's got his he's got his fleets and he's launching missiles at corneria corneria has a health meter you know zero to 100 percent, so it can take damage uh, then you got the the planets, the surrounding planets that he's kind of building bases on to continue attacking, and then you have certain asteroids, belts, and stuff like that. So your job is to, in real time, go from Corneria to these other fleets and bases and tear them down. And when you choose on the map where to go, you th you see things start to move and accelerate. So like if he launched a missile and you move from here to there, you know you move the cursor here. I want to go here. Click. Your R wing starts going on the map. Meanwhile, everything starts going in real time. So you see the missile traveling towards Corneira, and you're like, okay, okay. So if I if I battle this base now, and as soon if I'm done, that missile might already be either hitting Corneira or, you know, be close to it. Am I going to be able to, after defeating this base, head to it, blow that missile up, and then go back to something else? So you're actually doing everything in real time. It was actually pretty cool. And in the middle of a in the middle of a base that I was attacking, uh, Sergeant General Pepper, Sergeant Pepper, Captain Pepper. Don't make a Beatles reference. Uh, I was just about to. <laughs> I could see the gears turning. Um, <laughs> Lonely uh, hearts got bland. Um, like in the middle of a random level, all of a sudden his face pops up and he's like freaked out. Like, we just got hit. We're like at 15% like damage. Oh my God. I'm like, oh shit. I have to react in real time. So the first time I played through it, I, I went through everything. I beat the game in about like 30 minutes uh, in normal mode. Uh, when you kick up the difficulty in normal mode, I only had to go to two planets on bases, and then there was one fleet on an asteroid belt, one random mini boss, a little snake-looking thing. In case you've seen anything on YouTube on it, uh, which is cool, it's a segmented-looking snake with different polygonal things to its body, so it kind of waves around it to rides in space. Again, <laughs> blows my mind for you know 1996 16-bit cartridge games. So there's only three bases I have to go to. Then you hit that boss, and you hit Andros, and at the end. Uh, the higher up difficulties you go, there's more bases ac across the other planets you see on the map where before, on normal, I did, there's like three maps I didn't have to go to. So uh, time would prolong it. And then, of course, the one thing that keeps people coming back, you know, those completionist people who want to get that high score, you get ranked based on how you do throughout your entire length of the game. A, B, C, uh, A, B, C, S. S I don't think that's how the alphabet works. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> So you get ranked based on how well you do, how quickly you beat it, how you know how percentage complete, whatever. So those will keep people coming back. Uh, otherwise, if you're one person to go like, I don't care about that stuff. I just want to beat the game. You're gonna be very disappointed. If you're if you care about hardware, if you care about you know timeline wise, where we were technology wise, what this game accomplished, impressive as hell, super impressive. What else did we have? 1996. Uh, 95 or 96 launched the PlayStation, uh, and then the Sega Saturn as well. So, granted, there were things already out there that were pushing further than that, but still, just the fact that this could compete with that, <laughs> it's, it's impressive. Yeah, just thinking PlayStation uh, 3D environments, the only thing I can really think of at that time was maybe Tomb Raider and Twisted Metal were offering similar, similar experiences. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as... Um open yeah open 3d environments tomb raider uh crash bandicoot was you know straightforward you couldn't turn back or anything uh but it was a three in a technically 3d environment yeah because you can move left and right right forward, exactly. and a little yeah. bit of back yeah um you know tomb raider was also uh, t uh, tomb we talked about tomb raider sorry uh twisted metal 
you know, open world. Essentially, you can you can do 360 degrees. You know, I wasn't really big on the PlayStation days, though. I, I, I skipped it. I was I was one of those kids who was like, screw Sony advertising to the jocks and the, the layman. Get off my industry. Ah. Here I am, like, 12 years old. But uh, <laughs> uh, So I skipped a lot about the uh, on the PlayStation. I didn't jump in until Metal Gear Solid, honestly. So, uh, I, was, I was in on the PlayStation. I, I had the first Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal 2, and then I really got into Final Fantasies with Final Fantasy 8. I didn't go back to Final Fantasy 7 because I saw some people playing it. And back then, again, you don't know anything. Right. All you care about is, like, how does it look? How does it play? Right. And it looked like it played very similar to Final Fantasy VIII, but the graphics were just not on par with huge what up, they did with yeah, VIII. Huge uptick from seven to eight at the time. Yeah, for sure. And so that, that kind of stopped me from going to seven. And then I, I've watched gameplays and read synopses of the, the actual story. I'm like, oh, if I weren't a stupid 12-year-old <laughs> kid, I, I probably would have enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. And speak, speaking of that, uh, with, this, with the, 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 the mini... A lack of Chrono Trigger, which I I, I guess I just... noticed that that and Earthbound is there no Earthbound's, Earthbound's on there. On... Earthbound's okay. on there. Earthbound's on there. Um, what is it? Maybe it's, it's because they've already had like two or three re-releases on the DS. They're just they were that probably, and also the fact that on on the mini itself, it's also incorporating I think four Square Enix games or Square then at the time. Um, Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy three. What's the other one? Uh, Brain Fart. Holy crap. Um, no, <laughs> uh, Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy, Super Mario RPG is technically a Square Enix game, just with Nintendo slapped on it. There's a fourth one, and I am drawing a complete blank, and I don't know why. <sighs> wow, well, yeah, that, is, that is what it is. But there's four games on there, so I can only imagine that logistically they're like, let's not inundate our damn system. Doesn't stop NetherRealm from throwing Batman into everything with uh, their Injustice games. <laughs> That's a whole different story. <laughs> True, uh, but yeah, no. I just wanted to get a quick dig at another realm for not being original. Like, Everyone loves Batman. Let's throw more Batman characters well, into this game that's supposed to be all about DC Universe. Well, let's think about this one thing also too. Who's uh, who's running behind Nether Realms right now? Who's publishing for them? Warner Brothers. Ding. But again, they they should dive into their library. They shouldn't. I agree wholeheartedly. We have an expansion pack available. We haven't used Martian Manhunter or another Green Lantern or Red Tornado. Let's throw in Catwoman. (laughs) Trust me, I'm 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 right there behind you. I can only imagine it's 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 either some contractual thing. Or possibly they just know it sells. Everyone loves it, Batman, yeah, so or, everyone, or they probably know it the fact that it sells, uh, or easy pickings for licensing, since you know Warner Bros. probably going to be like, yeah, sure, whatever. Besides that, um, and then you know another realm tooting their own horn, throwing Mortal Kombat characters in their games for some reason. Yeah. That that annoys the shit out of me. I when they threw Scorpion and Sub Zero into two of the first Injustice expansion packs, that that killed the game for me because no one's going to want to play as any of the DC characters. They're just going to play as the Mortal Kombat characters and screw up the gameplay. Yeah, well, you know, same thing when they brought in, uh, who was it? Was it uh, Jason or Freddy Krueger in uh, the, uh, the Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat games? games? Yeah, they, yeah. Did, they did Jason and Freddy Krueger. They, and they, they, both, they brought yeah. in the Alien... The Predator. Uh, the, the Alien and the Predator yeah. in uh, the most recent Mortal Kombat, I believe. The alien so, also? Yeah, I'm 99% sure they brought in the Alien also. Holy the shit. Xenomorph, technically. Right, whatever, you know what I mean? I, I know what you mean. We know. Everybody should know what you mean. If not, shame on you. Uh, why are you listening to us? Um, <laughs> because they love us. I love you too. Oh, but uh, but besides that, that's my only big question mark. Uh, I'm sorry. Second question mark would be they have Street Fighter 2 Turbo as opposed to Super Street Fighter 2, which the Japanese and Europe, Japanese and European, or just Japanese release of the 
the Super Famicom Mini uh, actually incorporated Super Street Fighter 2. The only reason I can think of is I think Street Fighter 2 Turbo was in its heyday here in the U.S. and probably had the most sales over Super. But, uh, hey. <laughs> and that's <laughs> from you who is a super uber Street Fighter guy. I'm, I'm the, yeah, I'm the fighter guy, so there you go. But besides that, it's a super impressive $80 for, you know, the the, the, the cost of entry to get a Mini. Uh, but it comes with two controllers this time, where the NES Mini at 60 I think, only came with one. So Nice. I I approve. I When they announced this, I was very excited, and then I realized I had no money, so I couldn't. <laughs> I, as, as another as another new father who's a nerd to another, um, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I get it. Um, I, I'm just lucky to, I'm just lucky to have connections. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And a, and a wife who will game with you. My, my wife likes games, but she, she doesn't have the time to game. And when she has the downtime, she doesn't want to game. No, she no. gets, she gets a lot of gamer anxiety. You know, I'm going to die. That's why the Lego games work really well for us. <laughs> I can die all I want. Nothing happens. I just lose bricks and that doesn't mean There's shit. There's no consequence, right? Eh, nothing wrong with that, man. Everyone's got a casual out somewhere. At least, at least your games in general. So, so I'm a lucky guy. There you go. And she lets me do this podcast, so. <laughs> nice. So our, our primary topic for this week, because, again, we were recording a couple weeks early. Uh, we obviously can't talk about any news or anything that has happened because we don't know what's going to happen. Time I, travel. I don't, I don't know. You look at me like that. I, I don't know either. I mean, you're like. <laughs> I, I was just looking for some kind of reaction. I don't no, know why. I, no, I'm, I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Very astute point. <laughs> so we're going to do another uh, list of our favorite sort of things. And this time, because, again, we, we haven't done a lot of animation talk. Uh, Derek and I recently discussed the new Voltron and Star Wars Rebel seasons, which by the time this episode goes up, those will have launched. And. I will have binged all of Voltron, and I will share my opinions on Twitter. You're the last person I thought who would get into Voltron, man. The new one's so good. Really? I, I've, I've never seen the original 1980s, but the, the new one, which is done by the Avatar, the studio that animated Avatar, The mm. Last Airbender, yeah, I, it's it's so good, and it's a lot of fun. And they do a little, a few little anime tropes in there, just like Avatar did. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's fun, and it's good. It's entertaining. Thank you for being astute on uh, who, who who we're talking about as far as the, the director. James Cameron's doing Voltron? What? <laughs> <laughs> I, if, obviously you can't see that i just rolled my eyes super hard at that i, I pulled a liz lemon excuse me <laughs> i killed lewis the rest of this podcast is just gonna be me re- reading off his list of games oh man games animated movies we're talking about animated movies our all-time favorite oh, animated shit. movies that was great uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we're talking our all-time favorite animated movies. These aren't necessarily like the definitive list for us because Mine is. there's Mine so is. many. <laughs> and it's, I know, I know for not. a fact it's not Lewis. It's <laughs> not. It's, it's, it's so not. We've discussed this, these sort of things ad nauseum. Um, I do have a little bit of a recency bias in mind, but I do really enjoy these movies. Uh, last time we did one of these lists, it was five. But because, again, we're going to be running a little short, I figured we can do an extra movie each. Uh, There's some obvious... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Obvious choices? Obvious choices along with um, not so obvious... um, uh, Biases? When you leave leave it off the list. Oh, um, uh, honorable mentions. Right. Sure, we'll say that. There, there's some honorable mentions that uh, I want to get out of out of the way. Um, we're professionals. <laughs> most of this is getting edited out, so you don't even know what we're talking about at this point. Uh, honorable mentions such as like Inside Out. I don't think either of us have The Little Mermaid on our list. No. Uh, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. 
personally for me, Sleeping Beauty, although it was a critical and financial flop for Disney, I think it's a gorgeous animated movie. Uh, it doesn't, nothing in, that Disney has done holds up to what they did with that. Like it, visually it's amazing. Uh, Robin Hood is another one that I don't think yeah, either of us had no. on the list. Uh, that opening song, Robin Hood and Little John is just, that gets stuck in your head for weeks. That, that another, another, another personal favorite of mine just popped in my head. I'm like, man, why did I forget about it? Um, the Secret Mouse Detective. Secret Mouse. Yeah, uh, yeah the, or the Mouse Detective. The right? Mouse. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah, there you go. You got you got another mouse movie with Secret in your head. Ah, you're That's right. That's on your list. <laughs> and then you, uh, my wife would kill me if we don't mention this one, Brave, which I I don't agree with. Is it, it, it's, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, the best thing I can say about Brave was that it was fucking gorgeous. Yes. Besides that. It, it was shrug. it was fun, but the the main plot was very obvious, and it, it just it was fine. Pixar they kind of kicked off Pixar's meh era. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, Inside Out. I don't think either of us have Finding Nemo or Finding Dory on our list. Mm-mm. Any of the Toy Stories, I don't think are on our list. Uh, although I, I will say Toy Story three is an honorable mention for me. That that final scene with Andy and the little girl playing with the toys and Andy saying goodbye. Essentially, I got I got teary eyed at that oh, dude, moment. Who didn't? Who didn't? Uh, but essentially, I guess what Josh is trying to say Gingers, is that... because they have no souls. <laughs> Sorry, Scotty. Uh, but essentially, what Josh is trying to say is that don't be mad at us. This is our list. It's not definitive. It's not like the end-all, be-all. And it was really hard to pick out anything that really stood out to us. It uh, doesn't mean that we don't appreciate all these other movies that we're listing. It's just the ones that pop in our head. They go like, you know what? I really dug that, and it's stuck in my, my head. We could do a podcast entirely built around honorable mentions okay. outside of our list. No so we're, we're just going to kind of... In fact, we're just going to do one day, we're just going to roll through the entire list of animated movies on IMDb. And so we're just going to say, a, that sucked, that was good, that sucked. It's going to be like a 10-hour episode, so there you go. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> Strap on. All right, so, Lewis, you're the guest, so I will let you go first. Oh, you're so nice. Um, so, one of the first ones I'm going to start with, it's it's on the bottom, uh, we kind of discussed this pre-recording, uh, but uh, Secret of Nim is up there for me i I'd, i told you earlier that i've really only seen the movie in full twice in my entire life and the last time was probably early to mid teens but uh, the reason why it's up there is that it's i remember it being a, a a holy shit movie i saw the first time i saw it i was super young uh i want to say i was like maybe eight or seven but even then i was like oh my god this movie's dark one of the first one of the first animated movies to actually make me tear up even as a young child, understanding what was happening to to the characters in the, in the movie, so I can't I can't sit back here and one I'm already terrible with names as it is. I could watch a movie, walk out and be like, oh man, the movie was great. Yeah, don't you like you know X Y Z said this to to Y Z X? Who? <laughs> yeah, the, the character names, especially in Secret of Nim. Uh, I mean, you would think Nim is your main character. It's not. No, it's not. Uh, but uh, either way, though, it's just all all the characters were were well done. Um, the whole idea of the, you know, the animal testing idea resonates then as it does now resonated with me as a young child. You know, why, why are we doing this to, to living beings? Like, this is insane. And the one thing that I always like to bring up with Secret of Nim is, is how dark it is. Even when they were still advertising, like the, the, the video sales and all that, how happy-go-lucky they always advertise the movie. And they, have you seen the box art to the thing? It's a happy little mouse and all his friends surrounding him. Yay! This is dark, dog. <laughs> what are you doing? So that's that's what I'm gonna start it off with. Yeah, and and that that was part of the Dom DeLuise collection. Yep. Uh, Dom DeLuise, uh, the guy who he was also behind like We're Back a Dinosaur Story. Uh, he did a bunch of kind of anti Disney musicals. He did um, like The Road to El Dorado. I think he did Prince of Egypt as well. Mm-hmm. I think his studio was behind that. And then we're gonna talk about a few other ones in here. Uh, one of my all time favorites, just to kind of stick on the 
the Dom DeLuise train is the land before time. It's such a heartbreaking movie. It it pulls a Disney to uh, a super extreme. It pulls a Bambi, but he already had he already he doesn't have a dad either. So he, you see his mom fight the sharp tooth, the T Rex, whatever you want to call it, and uh, you see his mom like his, in her final breath, mm-hmm. literally saying, "I love you, my son. You need go to go. Find this place, you need to find yeah. the Great Valley. You need to." You need to follow your heart. Yep. All these like heartstring words. And to this day, that movie will make me cry. And I, I still will stop whenever I see a tree star on the ground. and be like, tree star. <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, that whole movie, I mean, I think it's, an, it's like almost... My wife and I were talking about it the other day. And, and I think she hit the nail on the head. If you look through every single act, every single piece of that story, and then how it f- finishes everything up, it's almost like an allegory of everyone, all of them dying and heading to heaven. Because what happens at the end? Like, oh, look, here's grandma and grandpa. And then everyone is like, I think he's dead. <laughs> they they pull a Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. Way to ruin it for me. I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Bam. That's what I'm here for. Uh, the symbolism. Yeah. Uh. I mean, if, if but I mean, you it. have so many mem- memorable characters in that. You have Ducky, you have Petrie, Spike, who doesn't even talk. But he's still so much fun. He's, he's really the kind of the comedic relief character because he doesn't talk. Mm. Uh, Petrie's a little bit of a comedic relief. But then you have the the opposite sides of the coin with Sarah and, and Littlefoot. Littlefoot's hopeful and he knows where we need to go. Where Sarah's just a, a cynical bitch. Yeah, she's pessimist to the bone. But and she, yeah. she's always right, and she's able to like sway everyone to her side of thinking because of uh, her ability to just like do be sh- forward with it. Yeah. yeah, I can't say enough about the movie. It's it's awesome. The, the only thing I can say a lot of is, oh my god, could you stop, please? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they on eight, nine. I, oh god, I think they're beyond that. They've <laughs> even, I think they've even started a TV show. But yeah, they need to stop what? bastardizing this. No, I think they have. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure they have because I just every time I see Land Before Time, fourteen, the journey back to the Great Valley. Like, when did they leave? Why did they leave? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the one thing that's so very sad. Um, Eddie, if you remember Eddie, he he's a huge Land Before Time uh, 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 fan as well, and he's always just frothing at the mouth just like stop with more of these why stop and i don't know i don't get why i mean i'm not a big fan of the movie myself like i liked it i enjoyed it i, I got it and then there was a sequel and then there was a trequel and a quadriquel and so on and so forth and it's like i wasn't i don't think it was that memorable to bring more out so somewhere out there someone's buying these up and talking about it ad nauseum and and then the, the the movie company the i don't know who produces it but just like cranking them out um, to the point that I think it kind of forces people who don't know enough about it to lose its luster. Yeah, I, I feel that. Saturation, um, if you will. Personally, I I stick my head in the sand with the sequels. Oh, I don't blame you. I, I remember <laughs> I remember my dad came home from uh, the local video rental place when I, I lived closer to Chicago. He's like, oh, look what apparently just came out, Land Before Time 2. It's like, oh my God, yeah. really? Because yeah. Turtles 2 was amazing. This sequel, this better, <laughs> this better be awesome too. Oh, and, then it turned, <laughs> and then it turned out to be some kind of musical and they raise a, a baby sharp tooth. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? Which is funny how they go the musical route, which is totally opposite end of the spectrum. Of what yeah, it, I think it's be. because they couldn't afford... Uh, James Horner was the guy who did the music. And I think the music really really helps create that movie and like the the feeling of everything within that movie the the soundtrack is amazing mm-hmm. if you haven't like even just bothered to notice the soundtrack just listen to it 
this might be a detriment to you actually seeking this out, but James Horner is the guy who did the soundtracks, uh, the musical scores to movies like Braveheart, Titanic. He, uh, God, he's done so many. He passed away not too long ago, and I was really sad about that because he's he's one of my favorite movie composers, and he was one of the first movie composers that I really bothered looking into because of The Land Before Time. And then I found out that he, later on, when my sisters bought this Titanic soundtrack, I was like, I recognize that name, James Horner. Where do I recognize that? And one of the times I went back to rewatch The Land Before Time because I love nostalgia and I love feeling like a kid every now and then. I, James Horner. Oh, crazy. He's the guy that won an Academy Award for Titanic. Awesome. So it, it's full circle at that point. Yeah. Right? And it's it just again, it, it builds and it does what music does. It doesn't overpower the scene. It doesn't overpower the moment. It enhances it. Again, the movie is just so good and the music just continues to put it over the top. Yeah. I got nothing else to add to that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Move on. All right, man. Uh, moving on to the next one here for me. Um, it's, uh, I think, I think a lot of us would say animation. Um, I, I, I know you have some sort of bone to pick with me on this on this pick. Oh, no, but... I, I, we discussed <laughs> this, and I, I have an exception to the rule, which I, I, I know. But I will I, say I, as soon as you reveal it. <laughs> but uh, who frames Roger Rabbit? You go ahead. That's how you lean forward. What? <laughs> what? Spit it out. So I, I was heavily considering it. You saw me do the chin, the chin rub. <laughs> like, hmm. I realized that if... Avatar by James Cameron is allowed to be a live action movie considering it's 99.8% CGI. <laughs> this can be allowed to be an animated movie. I mean, technically, you think about it, Star Wars is 99.9% freaking CG. Only the it? prequels. Yeah, the prequels is what I'm about to say. So, that's disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the difference there being, though, is that, like, you have... Okay, you know what? I'm not going to say it this way because I don't, I don't want to denounce the the... The great hard workers that worked on Avatar, because CG or not, that's a lot of fucking hard work to put into that. Oh, but, but if you uh, look at if you look into the technical difficulties of what they did with Roger Rabbit, exactly, exactly, oh my god, it's through the roof. And that was like nothing really. I mean, there were there were things like that done before, like uh, uh, Mary Poppins did the animation with love. Uh, live action at the same time, which is uh, uh, not the first time that was done. Walt Disney did it himself. Uh, they did uh, it with like Pete's Dragon and yes, stuff. Yes, things like that. And, and even in the little shorts when Walt Disney himself was in front of the camera and all of a sudden make it would come to life or whatever. Oh my god. So again, it was nothing new, but the the length, the, the feature film length of doing that was just It wasn't just a gimmick. Exactly, exactly. So that one stands out to me. It was a huge favor for me for the longest time. Somewhere along the life of me growing up, I I had actually forgotten about the movie completely. Until suddenly, later in my adult life, I decided, like, playing back. Oh, my God, I completely forgot about this thing. Actually, more... More along the lines of when I worked at uh, when I worked in a video game store, and then they also sold uh, DVDs and such. And all of a sudden, I saw a Who Framed Roger Rabbit pass through. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I forgot about this movie. How could I forget about this movie? Uh, and immediately picked it up and watched it and just relived it. And it just still holds up to this day. Not only that, as a child, to see a mixing of brands. When you saw Warner Brothers and Mickey Mouse, who shook their hands, even so reluctantly, from what I from what I read, uh, working together just to bring this world of animation to life. That they, every, every one of these supposedly coexists. Man, I love that movie. Yeah, one of the things going along with the the mixing of brands, I remember, I think I, I was looking at it on the IMDb page because I had time to kill at one of my last jobs. And so I just would read trivia on IMDb. The agreement that Disney and Warner Brothers had together was that Mickey and Bugs would share the same amount of screen time. Uh, Donald and Daffy would share the same amount mm-hmm. of screen time. And I think they're, I don't think Goofy was in it. I think it was just those four. Uh, but they wanted those four to share the exact same amount of screen time as their counterpart. 
And so the way they compensated that is that they put them literally on the screen same, at the same, same. time. Yep. Yep. So they didn't have to worry about like, okay, well, we've got 60 frames of Mickey over here. We got 38 frames of Bugs. Shit. Yep. They just blended it together time. and it was great. Yep. So there's a scene where Bugs and Mickey are skydiving. Yep. There's a... Uh, a very controversial and uh, <laughs> with the ducks. With the ducks, there's <laughs> there's a an urban myth that Donald says a very very angry racial slur to to Daffy, and I think I, I disagree. I I think I hear it, I, but I also believe it, it could be something else. It's just I mean you can never you hear what you want to hear. You can never understand that duck, no matter how much you try. I mean I've. There's there's a bunch of cartoons that I've seen that like I would understand them halfway through his rant and all of a sudden he just turned into if there were words in there I didn't hear them <laughs> yeah um, uh, sometimes when you go from that to his little tirade of screams like is he screaming or is he still talking I can't tell but I I don't know I, I disagree with that not to say that uh, Disney hasn't snuck in some random stuff like those artists that go rogue like for example the the Little, know, Mermaid, the little Mermaid posters the, yep yep exactly and uh, and uh, 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 oh the, the, the down under uh, no the rescuers rescuers yeah, yeah they're flying rescuers, by and there's yeah, that pornographic and, poster yeah. <laughs> um, Getting back on Roger Rabbit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my one of my favorite things that, that I found out about that movie was uh, I think something came up on my Facebook feed and they were talking about the scene where Don Hoskins Don Hoskins Don Hoskins Don Hoskins yeah uh, he was there was a scene where he's sawing off the the handcuffs between he and Roger there's a spot where he like grabs Roger by the throat and like they hit a lamp they have to the the animators are just like holy shit. The, the lamp is moving. It's affecting the light. How are we going to do this? And they talk about the, the time that it took to animate the proper the, the, lighting. The shadows for the Roger. shadows on Roger and everything. Yeah. And it's it's so incredible the amount of work that, that they put into of, that. I never thought of. That's yeah. A, they, they, they do so many little things. Like they, they talked about uh, the scene where Roger spits the water out after getting dunked in the sink a couple of times with the right weasels. On, yeah, yep. yeah, and there's just so there's so much technical prowess. Technical prowess, uh the technical advancements, uh things that you would never think of to to animate a movie because again they wanted to just merge these two worlds yep. and they did it in a way that you would never notice unless you actually talk to one of these people. And the, and this is during the time the, the, during the times before like Windows and easily capable graphical Yeah, this is all hand drawn. Yeah, it's all hand drawn hand not just hand drawn but hand cut put together in cells cells to to frames it so that that alone is just a to me is just a masterpiece of 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 just technical prowess so. bob hoskins not don hoskins it was bob hoskins there you go my bad yeah mr smee and hook <laughs> i love that man Shmee! i uh, love bob hoskins i would i'm very ashamed that i forgot his name i called him don for some reason i got dom deloise stuck in my head <laughs> all right but uh but with that said i, I pass that on to you sir what is your, your so kind of continuing on with the theme of live action mixing with animation although not necessarily to the extent here uh, i'm gonna go with the lego movie okay yeah for sure uh the lego movie obviously was just a it wasn't meant to be anything fantastic i think they literally just told the directors and the screenwriters have fun do whatever you want to do we don't even care if it's if it's a solid plot we just want to sell more toys <laughs> and the directors and the screenwriters were like fuck that we're gonna make a good movie and they did they made a fantastic movie and there's so many good one-liners there's so many great characters uh unikitty is one of my favorites yeah. <laughs> where they, they send her up to lord businesses and she's just like business 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 numbers numbers is this working it totally is yay <laughs> 
There's so many great things, and the, the voice cast is so amazing. I want, I want B-roll footage of Morgan Freeman recording his lines, uh, like when he's reciting the prophecy, and he's like, "All this is true because it rhymes." <laughs> and I just want, I want to see how much fun he's having because everyone clearly had so much fun with this movie. It's not necessarily anything technically amazing, although there is a lot of really cool stuff because everything is a registered Lego brick. Mm. They didn't the the water if when it splashes when it's moving, it's all Lego bricks and it's all registered numbered Lego bricks. So there's there's nothing in that movie that is not actually Legit registered as Lego, Lego. outside yeah. of the real people. Yeah, besides that, that doesn't really it, count. Yeah, no that, that that movie that movie was amazing. I'm kind of familiar with the director's work. They're the guys um, that did like Twenty One Jump Street. Twenty One Jump, Jump Street. Street. They, they, they got kicked the, off the Han Solo movie. They did. Uh, they also worked on. Uh, I never got around to it, but there was um, and I I wish I could I could tell you off the top of my head. Uh, there was an animated cartoon they used to work on that apparently was extremely hilarious, and everybody and everybody has like their complete backing to these guys. Um, I think something about the president being in high school or some weird crap like that. But in, in any case. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up. I, I, something, it's something about that that just holds true to their style of, of, of humor. It, hold, it held true with 21 Jump Street, 2022 Jump Street, held true with the, the Lego movie, and, and they just do it in a way that's just pristine and not pristine. What's the word I'm looking for? It just, it just flows. Yeah, it it's, flows it's very 100%. cohesive. Yeah, cohesive, to the point, slapstick meets uh, meets essentially smart comedy, per se, if you ask me. I still haven't seen twenty the new 21 Jump Street. I've heard really good things. Uh, I'm not a Channing Tatum fan, and I'm not a really big Jonah Hill fan. I think they go a little too blue for me at times. So I'm not sure what to expect out of 21 Jump Street. I know um, our buddy Melvin enjoyed it, but Melvin enjoys everything. So <laughs> no, I, I if you still haven't yet, I, I, I not to digress, but I highly recommend them both. They're they're very they can get lowbrow humor, um, which is one thing that the Lego Movie does good of staying away from with a couple of jabs here and there. Um, so it, it is very lowbrow humor, but it's smart lowbrow humor if you understand the quick cuts and the the, the quick uh um, the cutaways the, the quick cut well, and they, they have so many little they have so yeah. many little background things too like there there's a scene where they're escaping from the wild west town and they're they're doing the train they they have a pig on their their thing and all of a sudden like the pig falls off and it like falls to its death and instead of it just like falling and like falling to pieces it explodes into sausages <laughs> And there's so many fun little background things. <laughs> little things like that, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, I think the, the show that you were thinking about was Clone High. Clone High, there you go. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're the guys behind that, too. Uh, they also did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have... Uh, some, which they which is a good movie if you haven't seen it. They directed an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And then um, they're also attached to The Last Man on Earth. And I think they're also now very heavily influencing the script and production of the Lego Movie sequel. I'm down. Anytime. Bring it to you. All right, so your next movie. Well... Everything is awesome. Sorry, that song just flew into my head. So next on my list, uh, I'm going to go with, kind of going back to, I, I think there's another Don DeLuis, uh, Oliver and Company, right? Uh, he was attached to it. It was a Disney movie, but yeah. um, he, he actually, uh, I don't know if he reconciled or if he just decided to build a relationship with Disney, but yeah, it's a, it's a Disney movie. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, that, that, was, that was super fun for me. One, uh, it, it's, it's one of the, one of the last, it was that, that last bit of, Traditional animation, I think, in the, of the 90s. Yeah, before and, they, they went like full CGI. Full CG and all that. Well, not um, necessarily full CGI, but they started doing digital stuff. Digital with, with Treasure Island. And, and, and uh, Aladdin had a lot of that, too. So did Beauty and the Beast. Aladdin had the, the had, mostly the, the, the lion head into the cavern. Yeah, the, the Cave of Wonders. The Cave of Wonders, right. But I, I don't know. I think it was very... 
is very rough, and I like that because to me it called no back pun to intended, the, considering the, the dog. Uh, considering like uh, you know when you look back to uh, movies like Fox and the Hound, um, back to uh, like the Peter, the Peter Pan uh, movie, uh, um, Secret uh, Secret Hook. Why? Mouse Detective Hook has got that rough. <laughs> well, Hook, Hook was an animated. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking. You said that Peter Pan movie, and I thought you were going back to Hook. No, no, no. no um, I'm mixing shit in my head. Uh, not Peter Pan. Freaking Robin Hood. Sorry. I st- in my Robin head, just green tights. Ninja. Green tights. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically dressed like Peter Pan. That movie That movie was basically remade with a bunch of old Disney stock footage. Yeah, they, 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 copied, they copied all that stuff over Snow White with the, with the dancing. Yeah, I, I'm well aware, but whatever. Uh, but in any case, uh, it was, I don't know, to me it was, just, it was a really good movie. Um, it's almost reminiscent of like uh, when you when you look at all those movies of, uh, of pets, um, uh, the live action pet movie with a cat and the two dogs. Homer Bound. Homer Bound, thank you. You know, it's... it's somewhat similar but with a little more sinister stuff in the background uh and then my personal favorite is you have uh you know billy joel doing the 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 main the main song that that caught that that movie you know why should i worry and i'm a huge billy joel idiot so there you go that that that's a little bit of bias on my end but i love the animation the animation style was great i'm really a fan of that traditional style and i'm i'm one of those guys that i'm super super sad to see a lot of that go I enjoy the CG movies of today, but there's something to be said about missing that. Again, not to denounce any work put into CG movies, not that it's not hard work, but that extra bit of just hard blood, sweat, and tears going into those movies, man. I I, I miss that. As someone who grew up drawing and watching animation and trying to study for sequential art and all that, I I fully miss that stuff, and, and I hate that it's not. It doesn't look like it's making a comeback anytime soon. I I yeah. <clears throat> I'm prepubescent. <laughs> <laughs> I agree a lot. I, I agree a lot with that. I, I do miss the animated stuff. One of the movies we're going to be talking about was originally intended to be hand-drawn animation, mm-hmm. uh, but they decided to go with the CG because it would it would allow them more time to process a story, and it would allow them a longer storytelling runtime. Yeah. Which for, I think for better or worse. I guess. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of where it it comes from because um, you can tell a longer movie where if you remember. I think every single Disney movie from Snow White up through up until Beauty and the Beast, I think even Beauty and the Beast was like 82 minutes long. Like they were just long enough yep. to be considered feature length. Yep. And 90 minutes with the credits. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so it just, I think the, the CGI is more, not CGI, but the computer generated animation is more because it, it's, it's faster to process. You don't have 85 different hands drawing, trying to draw the same thing. Mm-hmm. And um, you you can tell a, a better, longer story instead of it just kind of being like, like again, Sleeping Beauty, where you have the first moment where Maleficent puts the curse on Aurora, and then you have half the movie in the forest. She meets the guy, she pricks her finger, and then the rest of the movie is the prince fighting to get her. Right. It, it allows you to tell an actual story. Right. So I... I get it, but I, I, I also agree I, I miss it because you can also now um, movies like short films like Paperman, which was in front of Wreck It Ralph, I believe. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Uh, I love that. Gorgeous. I, I love that. Gorgeous. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite. Even short. though, even though it was traditional animation, it was technically it's digitally animated uh, using you know digital uh, digital handworks. Yeah, but and, it's still hand drawn yeah, stuff. and that's what and I'm, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what I'm getting getting to is uh, stuff like that should make a comeback not necessarily in black and white or gray and black no, whatever just, just back Paper in general, was. personally but yeah, yeah it, i i agree it's something like that 
a movie like that would raise eyebrows and everyone would i think everyone would want to yeah. go see it i think the closest thing we've had to a comeback quote unquote would be the i don't know if you've seen the new the random mickey mouse shorts that they've been putting out they've there been doing that, the new, new random and I, was, I was actually gonna allude to that uh they, oh, they're doing the new <laughs> well that's fine you got you got there uh, they, they're doing the new Mickey Mouse shorts. They're also doing the new DuckTales, which is more stylized. Oh God, yes. And then uh, they also have the, the new Tangled show, the Tangled, the series, which, again, is more stylized animation. Mm-hmm. That one kind of bothers me because the stylization of it, it really changes the look of everyone that's not Rapunzel. Yeah. And I think Rapunzel looks fine, but everyone else just looks very different. And it, it, it bothers me, which is probably why I haven't really given the show the chance that it mm-hmm. probably deserves. Because... Gotcha. Zachary Levi and Mandy Moore are two of my favorite people in the entertainment business. I will give them anything, uh, but the animation just again it, it bothers anything? me. Anything? I would. Oh, go down. There you go. <laughs> Except a hundred dollars to get an autograph and a picture with Zachary Levi, because that that's where I draw the line. Because that's coming out of my wallet. <laughs> uh, I, if I had the money, I would. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. There I, I, I saw he was at C two E two, and I, I went to his panel, but he he was charging a hundred bucks. For an autograph and a photo, and I, I, I was just like, I love you, Zach, but I can't. <laughs> I, I have a kid and I have responsibilities. Said the nerd man at C two E two. The kid came with us. <laughs> that's great, but yeah, no, that's. Uh, I know I'm not really talking in depth about the 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 the, the actual movie itself, but it's just I, again, there's not really much to. I mean, I just not. We shouldn't be talking about synopsis at this point on the movies. You, everybody out there should have seen these movies as it is. If not, IMDb is a thing. Go look it up. Um, <laughs> or but, Wikipedia. Or Wiki. Um, but, Nerd uh, stuff is like the most accurate stuff you can look up on Wikipedia. You know, no kidding. But yeah, just this is just a, a, a show about our list, and that's that's on it, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I, and I have no real input on Oliver and Company. I think I've seen it twice in my lifetime, and both of those times I was probably under the age of 10. It was on Disney, uh, the Disney Channel not too long ago, and... Erica wanted to watch it at least through the Billy Joel song. And I was just like, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to continue watching it, but then the kid got bored. So we had to, I, I like that movie. Um, I just, just side note, honorable mention to do would be tied with that one with me would be all dogs go to heaven. I have a soft spot for animals. So oh yeah. Know. Oh yeah. Uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie. <laughs> and that girl was adorable as hell too. She really was as annoying as she was <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the next one. I'm going to go with I guess well I'm going to just follow your trends. <laughs> no, we did a we did a little bit of a transition. So I'm going to go with this one. I think we have this one on our mm-hmm. list together. I know where so you're going. we're going to we're going to talk about this one. It was originally meant to be a hand-drawn or uh, digitally hand-drawn uh, animated movie. John Lasseter took over Disney and he said we're going to do everything CG. So uh, they made Tangled the story of Rapunzel and the outlaw Finn into a, a CG feature. And it is fantastic. It was very fantastic. You, you, me and your wife saw it and you, the minute Maximus and Finn started doing their, uh, their physical comedy, you were like, you, you saw, sold. you saw sold. how much I, I latched onto that. I was just like, this is amazing. I this was is- sold. And I was, and I was 100% in by the tavern scene done <laughs> and rapunzel is absolutely adorable i don't care if she's animated i don't care if she's only 18 she's adorable i have no real like creepy feelings towards her she's just adorable and they they nail everything they give her the the, the fact that toast. you brought that up now makes you creepy i just want you to know that fine whatever <laughs> go on sorry <laughs> uh the, you know they, they gave her like the pigeon toes because she's like a newborn learning to right. walk in this new world and it, it has so many 
resonating callbacks because it, it's the music is done by Alan Menken, mm-hmm. who uh, famously has done music for um, Beauty and the Beast, the the Little Mermaid. But he, you know, there's so many like nice little callbacks with his stuff. It, it sounds similar, but it's also unique enough that it, it's brand new. Um, you, like you said, you have the tavern scene, the uh, the so I see the light song, which that is, was a it's beautiful a, it's, freaking rendition. Of that's the song. A, it's a beautiful song. That scene is amazing. Uh, the scene was clearly built for 3D because the movie was released in 3D. Mm. But even without the 3D, you don't see the gimmick. It's just an amazing sequence, and the the song throws back to like kiss the girl a little bit, like or at least the animation of right. it does. That movie is amazing, and it's uh-huh. it's. Probably my, gave me goosebumps, honestly. Yeah, it's probably my favorite. And there's so many good little one-liners and uh, back and forths where, like, where Finn's like, I don't even want to know about the frog. Uh, chameleon, nuance. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, whole, the whole slapstick comedy in there. And, and the one thing that you can tell that it was really one of those last-minute switches to go CG altogether. Um, because something about that movie, and this is, to me, this is the moment where Disney started taking back their animation styles, to me, favoring them over the Pixar movies, I think. Uh, because whatever they did, however hard they worked to keep those animation, uh, the animations within the movie as as classic Disney animation movement style, like, resonates in that movie. Uh, same as Frozen, actually, too. I don't, I don't know if you know I was going to transition to Frozen yeah, here in just a second. Sorry. Uh, the aside there is that Frozen also was supposed to be a 2D animated uh, uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the Snow Princess, I think is what it was called, or the Ice Princess, I think the, was That called. was the original uh, novel that it was based yeah, off of. Um, uh, and then Hans Christian Andersen. And then Lasseter the as author. well. So like, well, Tangle did well. Let's continue with this one as a CG. And, oh, really yeah, cool. and I was actually going to mention Frozen uh, because, again, that's that's kind of an honorable mention. It was just on the other day, and we watched it, and I was like, this is this is actually really good, but... Tangled better. Tang- Tangled <laughs> is better. But this, 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 is, this is an opinion that no one will change uh between both of us we've had this conversation many a times in our, in our the, since those both movies have been out and we seem to be in the minority of that but, we're the vocal uh, minority because there, <laughs> there's a very loud subsect of disney fans that do agree with us that tangled was better i think frozen benefited from the song that i want to talk about really quick is uh let it go let it go is an amazing song but in the context it makes no sense to me because i don't know what storm she's talking about if she doesn't know the storm in over arendelle is going on let the storm marry john bitch like what storm are you talking about this makes no sense unless you're the villain <laughs> the the storm of the fact that she can't let that she can't let go of the fact that you know she's going to turn everything into snow and blah 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 blah, blah. so that's, no, that's I how i, I interpret that i don't think so I, either way, the movie is still good in its own right, but it's, I, Tangled, I think, is above and beyond a better. Tangled is a more better solid story. Solid. I think it's it's better characters. I think again, what people, the the one detriment I will give to Tangled is that it kind of continues to play up the the teenage girl thing of I can change the bad boy, and I, I get that. My friend Monica and I watched it when it first came out on on DVD and Blu-ray, and she just goes, "I loved it, except for Finn because." She changed the bad boy, and that's going to get a lot of girls really confused. It's, um, I would say it's less intentional, change the bad boy. It's more because she wasn't looking to change him. Yeah, she wasn't in love with she, him at first no, sight. It, it, and she wasn't all the way until, until the very end where she appreciated appreciated him. And he just, less changing, more just like fell for her. So I, I disagree with that. Uh, but it does play into the whole oh I love it for sight type of thing and in the context of the movie and how quick it plays out it does play into the whole like I just met you I love you marry me let's go have kids you know whatever 
so yeah besides that uh i i i have okay i'll have to disagree with your friend all right and so we we share one uh so let's go on to your next one uh, my next one is going to be um, going to be going into the realm of uh, Japanese animation, anime, uh, the, which means I have no input. No, well, you know, uh, maybe a suggestion actually, which you might enjoy this one. I don't know if you ever saw any of the uh, any of the original show, uh, Cowboy Bebop. It's it's amazing. It's it's maybe something you'd like because there's no major continuation to it. I think I think it's twelve episodes long in the series, uh, and only three of those episodes have a continuation with everything in between having its own self-contained stories and small alludes and callbacks to everything. So like slight light connections. And then at the end, it's just a great ending to it. The movie is also self-contained, has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the, 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 the series in general. Something I love about the, the Cabo Bebop, uh, uh, just in general, um, soundtrack's amazing. Uh, it's always, it's, it's, it's got this great jazzy, uh, soundtrack. The, the intro to the original show has a great introduction to it. You've, uh, you've probably heard it randomly, uh, with some random, like, internet memes out there. Uh, Cosby Bebop being one of them. It's just, the animation in general is just, it's just amazing. The, the characters, they all, they're all, every single character is a one-trick pony. Uh, it's like one of those, the, the, the stubborn character trait where they'll, where they'll never, ever change. And they play with each other on that, um, and they play off each other uh, with that very, very well. And the movie just takes, you know, takes something you love out of the the original series and just creates a long ass episode. And yeah, I mean, this <laughs> it's more of everything. If you've watched Cabo Viva at all, it's more of everything that you want uh, in a ninety minute uh, ninety minute spread. Just with a bigger budget, better animation, uh, amazing uh, amazing choreography when it comes to some of the fight scenes. Uh, the, the the space stuff and not to mention at the very end how very like edge of your seat you get um, before shit goes down I guess so uh, anybody out there who's a fan of Spike and Jet and Ayn and Ed and Faye and all that if you have not seen the movie at all yet or didn't know there was a movie out there go do yourselves a favor and watch it if you want to borrow my DVDs I've got it on uh, I got all, all of it on DVD English actually one of the few I'll just say this. One of the few animes that has an amazing English cast. Yeah, uh, I know Steve Bloom is in the cast. Yeah, I'd rather... This is... I'm okay with the with the original Japanese OVA. I would rather watch this over and over again with the English uh, English actors. Um, so one of the few that they did a really good job at. So uh, I don't know if you're a fan of subtitles or anything. Uh, so if you're not, let me let you borrow the, the DVDs and, and just watch them. I think they're self-contained and... And not very anime enough that uh, that I think it'll push you away. Well, it's not that I don't like anime. It's just that, uh, among other things, it's finding time, and I, I hate investing in new things <laughs> because then I that means I have to spend more money because I want more of it. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, uh, Cabo Bebop did terribly in Japan. Um, uh, it actually was uh, when uh, when I came over here in the states through Toonami Adult Swim. I don't remember which one hit first. Um, I think Toonami sounds I, right. No, because Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop's dark, so I'm going to say Adult Swim. Not dark, like dark, dark, but like definitely not uh, the brand of Toonami being all like, yay, whatever. I just lost track of what I was going with that thought. Okay, cool. Then I'll move on huh. to mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. But uh, I, either way, I, I think you'll, in, I really do think you'll enjoy it. And it's only, a, I think it's only 12, 12 issues, 12 episodes long. Uh, and since, since it tanked in Japan and did well over here. Japan don't don't care about that, so nothing else came out of it except for a movie, and then that was it. So there's nothing else to invest in it, man. So let me let me give them to you <laughs> temporarily. All right, I might take you up on that. We'll see. 
So the next movie on my list, I'm gonna. I've, we've got three left. Uh, well, you've got two left now. Uh, I'm gonna do uh, a Pixar no, sandwich. I've got one. You got one? I've got one. Remember, we shared one. I had six. We shared ten. What? How am I so far behind you? I don't even know. Whatever. I, I started I've got, first. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna do a Pixar sandwich here. If you have one, and why do I have this one plus two more? Hmm. I don't think you know how to count, or maybe I don't know how to count. I got four, five, six. Yeah, that's six. All right, whatever. Um, so I'm going to do a Pixar sandwich here. First one I'm going to talk about here is Up. Okay, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I already agree. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> that opening 10 minutes alone just, it, it kills you. Yeah. Even when that first came out, I, I started crying. And then at, again, at the very end when he when he gives the the, the purple soda bottle cap to Russell, uh, again, I oh my god! I wasn't even married. I didn't even I hadn't even met my wife yet, and I was just like, oh my god! Uh, I'll, yeah, no, my, my my waterfall was running, <laughs> hands down. Just, yeah, pfft. it just it oof. But yeah, like I hadn't even met my wife yet, and uh, so I I didn't even have those those relationship parallels to build off of, and I was still just kind of like, I want that, I want that relationship, <laughs> and you have the whole thing of Ellie not being able to have kids. Uh, they just put you through the emotional ringer in those mm-hmm. first ten minutes, and you can definitely see why. Uh, oh, geez, uh, Ed Asner's character. I'm forgetting, Mister. Oh God, what was his name? Uh, Russell, Russell was I... Russell was the kid. Oh, and Mister. Uh... Mister Up. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Ed Asner. Um, <laughs> again, beautifully voiced by Ed Asner. I think that was actually the first, the first animated movie where I was really like. There needs to be a, a, like an animated, a, like a voice actor category in the Academy Awards. There isn't. There's not. What? There, there's best animated feature. That's all animation gets. What? Yeah, there needs to be like a, a best actor. Or, like it doesn't even have to be gender specific. They can just do best performance in a voice acting role. That's ridiculous. And they could they could just have like five or six ca- uh, candidates. I think there really should be. Uh, actually, speaking of performances uh by a voice actor surprisingly ryan reynolds in turbo puts in a really nice performance Turbo's not the best movie ever but uh, again ryan reynolds was a very solid choice and did a really good job with that movie but yeah up is like you said we can we don't even really need to discuss it up is up you can't yeah, really no. dispute it it was i think it's the second movie second animated movie ever to be nominated for best picture it was in the first year that they opened up the uh, best picture categories to 10 so they can include movies like the dark knight oh, wow. uh it was like it was the year after the dark knight came out where the people were like uh why is the dark knight not nominated it, it probably won't win but it definitely needs to be nominated yeah. and so they opened it up to a max of 10 they they could have as few as six or a max of 10 after that and up was included in there so it's technically the second animated movie to ever be nominated for best picture after beauty and the beast gotcha um so you have one left i don't know how that happened so i'm going to Continue my sandwich here. The next movie I have is a goofy movie. And then I, I, and that, that's an underdog. I'll let you, I'll let you keep going. I'll that's an underdog going. story of a of an animated movie. Uh, the music is amazing. Uh, the music is super catchy. Every song, the pop songs, the the regular Disney stuff, the the song between Max and Goofy, mm-hmm. it just both of them. Yeah, it, it 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 all works and it's it's amazing. It's an underdog movie because it was originally meant to be a direct to DVD or direct to VHS video. That's why the animation doesn't really match up with anything else. Well, it, it was their second budget team, I think, is what it, what, yeah. they, what they. But it was still meant to have. It was still meant to be sent to VHS mm-hmm. right away, yep. and then the the studio execs were like, "This is really good. We should release this." Mm-hmm. And so they 
they packaged it as was and or as is and sent it off to theaters. I don't know how well it did in it the box very, office. It didn't do very well at all. But I guarantee it, you that. I, I know there's a huge market of people our age that well, yeah. love um, this movie. People are, I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're what you like to call millennials. We're on the tip end of the beginning of that, which I kind of disagree, but whatever. We're Gen uh, Pepsi. Shh, the fuck up. <laughs> But uh, but no yeah I mean on uh, on social media you'll see a lot of people now starting starting up with those those goofy movie memes and just hitting up out of nowhere and everyone I know is resonating with it and that makes me feel better because I thought it was a super underdog until I met you and you're like oh I know what that movie is I'm like you know what that movie is holy crap the only person that knows is my wife so the, the fact that you that you knew what it was or just shocked me and the fact that more people out there actually resonate with it I mean for me uh, I don't I don't have a I don't have a terrible, like, life story about my father or anything like that. But I, I, I totally look up to my dad. He worked really, really hard in his whole life. Uh, I, I come, you know, I'm a, I'm a son of immigrants who worked their asses off to become American citizens. So that's knowing that hardship that my father went through and, and seeing this movie during a time where I myself was like, I'm self-aware of it as, as a teenager, knowing that I'm, you know, there, there's things I've said to him or whatever. And even after the movie, I still said him. But in, in hindsight, it's like, damn, you know, this this I should treat my dad better. <laughs> the the ah this, power the line. song. Well, power line's awesome. Eye in, to in, eye. In I I to I stand out. Uh, but uh, no, nobody the, else but you. Uh, Is that the one? Yeah, that's the, the one they're recruiting when yeah. they're recruiting down the waterfall. Yeah, or to, down the river. That that one like really struck me. So yeah, no, I love that movie. Even though even though it was the second string, the second strings, if you will. It was well animated for what it was. Yeah, I I remember this year at C two E two, there was a girl who cosplayed as Roxanne. Really? Yeah, and I I I looked at her and I was just like I I get this. What is this? I know what this is. And then she was holding books. Yep. And one of her books said a heart max. Nah. And I was like, oh, Erica, it's Roxanne. And her boyfriend just immediately goes, Hey, we can leave, babe. Someone caught. Someone got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. Did she have? Did she have a uh, black nose or no? I honestly don't think she did. Okay. I I can't remember at this point. I just remember she had the blue top with the khaki, the like uh, capri khakis and the the flats, and she had like the big quaffed red hair. Right, right. And I was just like, I I know what this is. And then I the book put me over the edge. Like it's it's Roxanne. I just right. couldn't remember. Right. Like is it Maxine or Roxanne? Right. And then I remembered it was Roxanne because yeah. the police. And then came Goofy Movie Two and ruined that ending. Some people think it's better. I actually no, haven't I seen it. I, I, I saw it. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's them going off to college and college shenanigans. Definitely disagree. It's definitely not better. No, no, I have no, a no, no. I have a really weird headcanon for a goof troop and a goofy movie. No, where don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> where you ha- you have the the like you have the trinity of Disney. You have Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Mm-hmm. They all have their counterparts: Minnie, Daisy. And Clarabelle Cow. Mm-hmm. Max's mom is Clarabelle Cow, but because they didn't want to get into the whole how does a how does a dog <laughs> and a cow have a kid that's also a dog, they just left her out of the picture. They're divorced <laughs> or dead. <laughs> and seeing as Clarabelle hasn't been anything else, I'm gonna say dead. <laughs> She's in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. That doesn't count. And <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's she was someone hamburgers. Josh, accept that. <laughs> She's also in Mickey and the Roadster Racers. She makes sticky buns. 
No comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there, there's my the the meat of my sandwich. So ah. I'll let you go. With <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna finish. It's awful. I'm gonna finish my list up with uh, the Lion King. I don't know what it is with the. Uh, um, I, I don't know about you. I don't think we ever really had a conversation on this before. But a lot of kids our age in that like in a three four year gap generation, uh, when this movie came out, has almost that entire movie memorized from beginning to end line by line song by song verse by verse to this day i can pop it in and just like i can recite the entire movie to you easily maybe i might miss a line or two you know at the time it was kind of like uh um it was kind of disney's uh Opus. It was, yeah, it was Disney's magnum opus yeah, at that time. Uh, it was it, their, it was really their resurgence. Like they, they, yeah, Beauty and they, the Beast they kicked, kicked ass. Yeah, and then Aladdin was, Aladdin was really good, but mm-hmm. a lot of people still didn't think it was like amazing. Yeah. Although, again, in hindsight, people really do now really appreciate it. And then they had The Lion King, which again, just it wasn't nominated, I don't think. But Beauty and the Beast, like it was nominated for best picture, mm-hmm. which again, it was the first animated feature to do that. And then you had The Lion King, which, like you're saying, it just it brought back a whole new generation of Disney kids. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just that. Uh, again, another thing about, you know, the technical prowess and all that stuff. Breed and the Beast, I think what what, what uh, helped elevate them was uh, that stupid dancing scene with the because that whole, the whole building was CG. Yeah. And at the time, it was like, whoa! Uh, so I think that's what got them nominated. But anyway, that's just uh, the bone to pick. I love Breed and the Beast. I don't care. But Lion King man that that movie i think the only thing i really don't like about the lion king is the wildebeest stampede because they literally go down a 90 degree slant running down that hill to get into the trench where they stampede over mufasa that part always bugged me like how are they just not falling i can i can see that um some some animals have really good traction uh, I, I point at the mountain goat, for example. They can but again, they're not they're not facing a ninety degree angle. They're they, climbing and they're they're horizontal against if you look the vertical. At the, if you look at the angle of that scene, it's not necessarily a ninety degree angle. It's just an artistic angle that they had because the camera. And of course, I'm going to be moving my hands, which means nothing to you guys listening to us. But the angle of the shot of you look at it over and over again, it's like this weird fisheye type of thing where it goes like the the ground goes like that, and then you see it go like that. So if you're not paying attention, it looks like it's a 90 degree angle. I said the same thing as a kid. I'm like, huh? You know, tilt my head like, what's going on? But if you look at it closely, it's just like a weird artistic angle that they chose to kind of give that impending waterfall doom of, you know, this is shit's coming. And, uh, you know, long live the king. That scene, the second biggest cry of my uh, of my life when it comes to like animated movies and all that. When did Lion King come out? 94? 94. 94. I was exactly 10 years old. Secret of Name was my first cry. This was my second one. It was and it was a big one. Like Secret of Name, I sniffled. This one, as a ten-year-old kid, I was bawling. Uh, it's just not not out loud, but like tears would not stop coming down uh, with Mufasa and and, and Simba. Uh, even now, just thinking about him, just going like in hearing Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas's voice cracking. Great job to him, by the way. Like get up, come on, we gotta go home. Yeah, come on, that come was... on, tugging at the ear and just like the lifeless animation of the arm and the ear going plop. And nothing. And you're just sitting there going, I know what death means. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and again, trailing back to the whole, you know, whole respect that I have for my father, um, that even at ten years old knowing what he did, uh, what he what he fought for, what he, you know, worked hard for. I was like, I don't want to lose my dad. This sucks. No. So And that was, that was one of the first Disney movies also that brought in uh, a pretty pretty big celebrity cast mm-hmm. uh james earl jones is mufasa jonathan taylor thomas who was really big in the 90s uh jeremy irons is scar yep. 
Uh, you had Timon and Pumbaa. Um, I'm blanking on the actors' names right now. Uh, and one one was in Birdcage with Robin Williams. But uh, Aladdin really really kicked off Disney's, uh, which I think is kind of a detriment to the animation genre or mm. the animation section of of movies is. Uh, Robin Williams, he he was in Ferngully before he was in Aladdin, I think. Right. Robin Williams specifically said, "I don't, don't want to be, be the center yeah. of the marketing." Yeah, don't and put then, me, don't put me at top billing. Don't put me at top billing. And what did they do? Top billing. Yeah, and <laughs> which um, I heard pissed them off. Yeah, Disney even sent him a Picasso because of uh, they wanted to apologize so profusely, and he still was just he just gave him the middle finger. Uh, Nathan Lane <laughs> was Timon. And uh, Ernie Sabella was Pumbaa. Pumbaa. You also had Rowan Atkinson as Zazu. Whoopi Goldberg is one of the, the hyenas. Yep. Um, Jim Cummings played the other, the, the non-speaking hyena. You had um, Cheech Marin as the, uh, the like the main speaking hyena. Didn't Jim Cummings also he finished, finished um, Scar's... Uh, he's finished yeah. Scar's song because yep. where uh, he yells, <laughs> you won't get a sniff without me. Apparently Jeremy Irons blew out his, no, vocal, his vocal cords. cords because of all the freaking cigarettes he smokes. <laughs> <laughs> And so he, Jim. They brought in Jim Cummings to finish the song, and like, if you didn't know, you would never notice. No, no. Until I found out, I would have never known. It wasn't my. My wife's a, the biggest Lion King aficionado I know. The amount of the amount of freaking paraphernalia that she owns. Yeah. And then to, to finish off the celebrities that were in this movie, um, Matthew Broderick was adult Simba. Adult Simba, yep. Uh, which like, he has singing chops, but apparently he's not the one that sang "Can You Feel the Love Tonight," no. which mm-hmm. is weird to me. But obviously his voice just didn't fit with what Elton John went, and that's. Another thing, Elton John Why, wrote yeah. all the songs. So, I mean, yeah, Lion King, one of the reasons it wasn't on my list was because I knew it would be on yours. <laughs> and uh, it is it is it is a very timeless mm-hmm. Disney movie. It it hits all the right notes, like you're saying, yeah. when you have the scene with Mufasa. Mufasa, and, yeah. The, the, musical, the, the musical score is amazing. The, the singing, the, 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 the songs are amazing. The lyrical and everything. The, um, the musical score was done by Hans Zimmer, yep. who... Um, Who's phenomenal. He, he is. I, I think he's kind of fallen into a little bit of a, a weird niche with his... No, because of... He, inception Less but like he he's fallen into a trope simply. yeah and yeah. I, I hear he he d- does that with new blade runner as well a little bit <laughs> of course why not? um but like he he's the guy behind the gladiator score which mm-hmm. again if you haven't listened to the gladiator score that's one of my favorite scores of all time yeah so like that that was just a, a huge just perfect storm of everyone coming yeah, together yeah. and putting the, uh, their heart and soul into this movie to go off on a little, a little bit of a rant again um i think it it did kind of bring the downfall to animation animated movies because aladdin was voiced by steve from full house like no one's gonna go see that movie if because steve from full house is in it uh, i mean a lot of people i know necessarily didn't go see aladdin because robin williams was the genie we don't know how much robin williams was actually in the movie at that time um and now we have i think we've kind of receded back into lesser known stars in the leading roles for animated yep. movies a few uh, exceptions yeah like um you have Kristen Bell and Adina Menzel in the leads as um, Anna and Elsa in Frozen. Mm. Neither of them are really going to bring anyone out to a, a live-action movie. But again, you hear those names, you're like, I like those people. Right. And same thing with uh, Tangled. Tangled, you have Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi in your leads. And you're like, I like those people. And I, I appreciate that. Same thing with Inside Out. Amy Poehler and her her team there. I like those people, but they're not necessarily going to bring you out to a a, a blockbuster. But just like Owen Wilson brought me out to Cars, I can't say that with a straight face. No, Cars is awful. <laughs> it is. It's. 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 I'll say this. It's okay. There should not be a two or three. I'll leave it at that. I haven't even heard anything about three. I think the number one thing I saw on three on like Rotten Tomatoes was it's better than two. 
that's a positive. <laughs> I will say that's a positive. So I, I, to me, I got a, like a Rocky vibe where, you know, he's he's the washed up athlete who is trying to make a comeback. So I, I just didn't care. I'm like, I've seen that movie just like I saw Doc Hollywood, which is what the first Cars was. Right. Um, so to close out this list, uh, sticking with the Pixar stuff, my my number one that I'm saving here is The Incredibles. I, I have so much love for this movie. There's so many great superhero tropes as well as original ideas. And they they made the best Fantastic Four movie that we'll never get. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and this movie, the, the Incredibles actually came out around the same time as um, the first Fantastic Four movie with Jessica Alba and Chris Evans and Michael Chiklis and Yon Grafud. No one cares. <laughs> and they actually had to change like three or four integral scenes to that movie because it was in The Incredibles. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. And uh, you have Craig T. Nelson coach as Mr. Incredible. Uh, Sam Jackson as Frozone. Uh, you have a great child actor cast playing Violet and uh, Dash. I forget who plays Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl. Mm. Um, but there's so many fun things in that movie. Um, you've got Edna talking about how she designs her, her no capes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no capes. No capes. And, uh, you know, I don't know the baby's powers, so we just made everything. It's bulletproof. It's this. It's that. And Mrs. Incredible is just like, why is why would Jack Jack need this? And it, there's just so many great things in that movie. It and it just again it plays on superhero movie tropes that we're still doing today. And it it was ahead of its time. And I can't wait for the Incredibles too. It's, it should not have taken that long. Good yeah. lord, it, it's it's going to be great. And again, the Finding Nemo got a sequel before Incredibles. What the hell is that? Cars got two. <laughs> Toy Cars Story exists in this timeline. Toy Story, <laughs> Toy Story almost had three sequels before we got Incredibles two. No. Uh, Toy Story did get three sequels. Uh, I'm sorry, no, up to three. Sorry, my bad. yeah, the, bad. you know, what Toy I mean. Story three four movies. was sl- actually slated for summer 2018, but something happened, so they had to flip it. So now uh, the Incredibles was coming out June 2018, and Toy Story four is coming out June t- 2019. Mm. I'm excited for that because I don't know what happened, but now I get the Incredibles that much sooner. Right. And hopefully it's not to the detriment of the story. And personally, I hope they're on record as saying that the Incredibles 2 will pick up immediately with the Underminer fight. Good. I, I think that that's they're literally playing a red herring game because now everyone's focusing on like, well, it's been 15 years. Why wouldn't you just make another make it 15 years they'll later? Probably do a jump. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They'll do the Underminer fight and they'll everyone's going to be excited again. The Supers or something's going to happen where, again, the Supers have to go into hiding and then they're going to do a time jump or something else. Yeah, Maybe they might do some some other sort of like registry. <clears throat> we might <laughs> get a little bit of a superhero, <laughs> yeah, superhero civil war. Civil war. Yeah, I'm about to say like, oh, you might not like that. <laughs> but Sam Jackson is frozen. You know, woman, where is my super suit? We're talking about the greater good. The I'm your scene. wife. I am the greatest good you are ever gonna get. <laughs> best scene. Uh, no, yeah. Jason Lee's uh, syndrome. Great, oh. great villain. Great villain. Like you'll never see another villain like that because he was a smarmy smartass. Um, who knows everything who knows about everything. the superheroes? Yeah, who knows and he, everything. And uh, I believe The Incredibles is also the uh, the franchise that uh, termed the coin monologuing. Where the villain just starts going off revealing their plan because there's no way you're going to escape my death trap. And then he, uh, Mr. Incredible, gets him to start going. And then he's like, you dog, you got me monologuing. (laughs) My favorite part of that entire movie is Kari, the babysitter, though. When Jack-Jack starts revealing his powers and going through whatever is going on with him. Uh, Mrs. Incredible, uh, call (laughs) me back. And Syndrome shows up, and she's just like, I'm Kari! I'm the babysitter! (laughs) 
it's just so good because you can tell she's like, I don't know what to do with this child. This is he possessed? What is happening here? And she's just like, I'm trying to do my job, but this kid is just not what I was trained to deal with. And she's she's great. And there's a there's an animated short on the the DVD and the Blu-ray of uh, her interview with Mr. Ticker. Uh, the guy, the FBI agent who like wipes the memories of everyone at Mr. Incredible's work and all that. And uh, she's, she's just telling him the story and uh, it's all, it shows everything that we miss in between the plane crash. And I, I love the, that little short. Cause again, you just Jack Jack's like just sitting there and he'll have a hiccup and he bursts in the flames and she just has a fire extinguisher ready and just douses him. <laughs> And I can't wait for that universe to grow. It's such a cool universe. It's it's got a little bit of Batman the Animated Series in it, where uh, it's it's modern, but it's also retro. Yeah, it's especially with the soundtrack too. The soundtrack with the with the blaring horns every time. Da, yeah, da, 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 da. It always gives me chills. Uh, but yeah, no, the the fact that that movie it took it this long to even get a sequel, and I think I think there were some copyright issues or some rights issues. I think as to why uh, it took that long. I guess I honestly don't think they just. I think the the director he he really wanted to do Tomorrowland, and obviously that was a huge bust. Flop, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Tomorrowland was a, a a big passion project of his, and he really wanted to do that. Disney was like, all right, well, we'll let you do this if you'll do Incredibles too. And so it took him that long to do pre production on Tomorrowland. And do all the press and get everything together for that. And then, obviously, it didn't do well. So then he went to work on a script. But I don't think there's any really licensing. Because, I mean, What's if they're going to draw a parallel to the Fantastic Four, Disney now owns them. That's true. That's true. So I, I always figured there was something else. Maybe the, the, the script writing. Maybe somebody claimed, claimed rights to some of these. You know, uh, uh, claimed rights to, like, one of the characters or something like that. Uh, a la... You know, a la Stanley type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I never looked into it. I always just thought it was just going to be stuck in in, in, in uh, limbo forever until suddenly, what, like last year or two years ago, we got the random bombshell news of like Incredibles two in the works. Like, oh! yeah, I, if I remember correctly, uh, Brad Bird was the director. He did Mission Impossible. Um, it wasn't Rogue Nation. It was the one before that. Um, the one with Tom Cruise in it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Mission Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, fantastic. Like it's a really fun movie, and Rogue Nation kind of continues on with that. But uh, Ghost Protocol really brought back uh, the Mission Impossible brand, and I think it really helped rebuild Tom Cruise's action career. Um, I, I will let you borrow that if you haven't seen it. We've got, I think we've got it up here uh, somewhere. Uh, Brad Bird, I think he got hung up with Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and then he did Tomorrowland, and now he's back to The Incredibles. So uh, he's got one really good movie in his under his belt and one really bad movie. Hopefully, The Incredibles too. Uh, I know they also said they didn't want to do it until they had a, a solid story that they could build that off of. Everyone says that Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges, Jeff Daniels, yeah, Jeff Daniels, one of the Jeffs, <laughs> Jeff Daniels, <laughs> uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels uh, both said that they weren't coming back to the Dumb and Dumber universe unless there was a really good script, and obviously that wasn't the case because they both just wanted paydays. <laughs> so, with that, we're going to close out. Uh, thanks for sticking through. Actually, we went a lot longer than I thought we would, so this is probably going to be fairly on par with uh, our normal episodes. Shall we? Whatever. This is what I want to do. Uh, please, Lewis, uh, you do Twitches and you plays and stuff, so if you want to share your social media stuff. Uh, I don't really live in that world right now. Um, I am a new father, uh, so I... Um, we used to podcast before 
and and you some, can feel free un, to pimp out idiots too. Unboxing. I don't care. There's, idiots is dead, man. Um, <laughs> idiots is dead. There's nothing. There's there's. Marcus and I are talking about bringing up something back uh, as a podcast. You kind of beat us to the punch, which whatever. Which Marcos, but, if you're listening, you're welcome to be on this podcast too. <laughs> but um, I, if anything's coming back, I'm dropping the Edis moniker. Um, it's been twenty, not a twenty. Sorry, uh, two thousand, two thousand one. So it's been about 16, 15, 16, 16 years, years uh, since I've ran that site, and it's become totally different things. But uh, it's, it, I think it's time to say goodbye and either start something new or just. Except my failures <laughs> in life. So, uh, but if you ever want to see any random old ass unboxings, um, I think it's uh, ed- yeah, I think it's idiots e dash d i o t s on YouTube. Uh, you'll see my dumb face. You'll see Josh's face and, and other pe- others on there. I doing apologize some when you see my face. Um, the majority of the editing is mine. So uh, if I need some editing job, keep me in mind. In about two years, when I have actual time uh, and my kid grows up and I can leave him. Uh, <laughs> On, uh, that's a that's an awful <laughs> thing to say. Leave, leave, leave him uh, to his own on accord, and I don't I don't know what I'm talking about, honestly. Um, <laughs> I, I barely have time to do much of anything today, but uh, I appreciate the ability to try and pimp out. There's nothing to pimp out anymore, but yeah, it was fun. <laughs> well, thanks for being on. Uh, hopefully, the stars align so we can actually have you on for a real episode, so we can discuss some news related things as well. Yeah, follow us, fellas, man. If you want to do a Skype thing, because I know we're like you know we live a part of it. If you want to include me on a Skype call or something like that. We can definitely do that um, as long as I figure it out. <laughs> I have to become a little more technically Yay, savvy. Yeah, amateurs. Yeah, I would maybe. Uh, well, whatever. Maybe with a switch box, <laughs> you can edit that out. But. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube, just Talking Smack, SMAC, Superheroes, Movies, Animation, Comics. We're also on Twitter. You can follow us at Talking Smack Pod. You can also email us any questions, comments, concerns, feedback. I don't know why you'd have any concerns, because if you're listening to us, I think I'd be more concerned about you. <laughs> you can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com. You can also follow me at Josh underscore Scar. Scar is spelled S-K-A-A-R, like Scar, son of Hulk. Which is the only callback I can make to my 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 namesake. I'd, I'd shout out my Twitter, but I, I'm barely on. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's probably Jinsoku something. It's not actually. It's not. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you right now. Just for shits and giggles. Do, 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 you can do, shout me out do, do. at at Lou Ramrod. Don't ask. <laughs> Lou is spelled L U, correct? Yes, L U L U Ramrod. <laughs> That's such a weird Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> I promise it was never meant to be sexual either. (laughs) Of course not. All right. So thanks again for listening. Thanks again for uh, sharing. Thanks again for any feedback or tweets or emails that you might send us. Uh, We appreciate it. This episode, again, is lacking in news because we're recording a little ahead of time because I have a previous engagement. You guys take care and roll that theme music.